I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Menor, and I'm the Project Support Administrator for Black Minds Matter, and I'm going to be talking about mental health with Miles on the Where Are We Now podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Where Are We Now podcast, a short collection of conversations hosted by myself, Miles Hart. So this show is a collaboration with Dancers Network and is a part of the Dancers Network Where Are We Now week-long campaign that commemorates the year anniversary of the brutal murder of George Floyd last year on the 25th of May. This show celebrates black culture, uplifts voices and continues necessary conversations that allow further room for growth, change and equality. Now, this series is a collection of important conversations with people from the black community out here being what is known on my podcast, Get the Bell, as Melanin Magnificence. Yes, God. Now, that basically just means people of colour out here representing and trailblazing all of those nice things. Now, this series brings important issues and attributes around the black experience to the forefront. One of those things is mental health its importance and its stigmas in our community. Today, I am joined by Project Support Administrator, direct from Black Minds Matter UK, Manoa Norton. The charity, um, the charity that this show is actually raising funds for. Why Black Minds Matter UK? What do they do? Where will our coin go? I am joined by Manoa, who is going to explain all of these things. So thank you so much for joining me on the show. Hi, Miles. Thanks so much. Yeah, so I work with Black Minds Matter, and yeah. we are a charity that started back in um, June 2020, just after the surge of the um, the resurge of the BLM movement. Okay. Um, we offer 12 weeks free therapy for Black people, matched with Black therapists. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> right, so, so first of all, what what is your right? So explain your job title for them first off. Sorry. All of. The, all of the things, and then I'm hearing 12 weeks of free therapy. I'm thinking, what? <laughs> okay, so what is your job role? So I'm the project support administrator. Okay, what does and that entail? So um, I do a lot of the admin, so I um, answer a lot of emails. We get like daily requests for people wanting to join the mm-hmm. wait list. Um, okay. We get people wanting to, well, people also recording their attendance when they're already in therapy. Okay. Um, people asking for more information about what we do, and mm-hmm. sometimes we also get people wanting um us to do like talks and stuff at schools and different things like that sometimes the therapist will do that as well um and then I also um 
speak with the therapists as well um, and any queries and stuff they have as well. Um, but at the moment, I kind of do a little bit of everything because there's only three of us at the moment. Um, so we all kind of do a bit of everything because it's quite... Um, there's only three of you? Quite a lot at the moment. Yeah, three core members and there's about 10, um, 10 volunteers, yeah. Wow, okay. <laughs> okay, so... <sighs> Three of you, <laughs> yeah. and you look after the whole of the UK. <laughs> well, not the whole of the UK, but it feels like it. <laughs> Oof. Okay, so um, okay, let me just digest all of that. So <laughs> we we are obviously going to be touching on uh, you know, all things mental health. Obviously, Black Minds Matter UK. But before we do get into that, I, I do have one exercise for you. It's called say it with your chest. Now, I feel like in the Black community, we are too much too often told you know to be to not be proud to be humble to not boast and be you know all of those things but i want you to tell me what you're most proud of and your achievements say i want you to say it with your chest <laughs> okay can i say more than one thing you could if you got a scroll i want the whole <laughs> scroll i'm proud to be part of black minds matter getting that job was amazing Boom. Um, getting my, I got a two one in my psychology degree. That was amazing too. Yes, got um, and also over the last year, I've been signed to five agencies, which is pretty. You, crazy, five it? agencies. <laughs> I only had one. Not just one. <laughs> I got Girl, six some now. people ain't even got. Some people ain't even got the one. I know. <laughs> what agencies are they for? Um, there's Ginger Snap in Bristol. Oh God, that's where I'm from. Are you? Yeah. Well, from Bristol. <laughs> Yeah, man. Oh, no, nice. boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm moving back there in um in July. I'm really excited. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then I'm also with Heads, who are also in Bristol. They're a new one. Genesis, mm -hmm. I've just joined. I think they're in London. Diversity Model Management, which actually haven't messaged me since I joined, so I don't know what's happening with them. And then Four Walls Management. Oh, wait, no, it's just five. Sorry, I was exaggerating. Okay. Not it's, ju <laughs> it's, it's just five. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just five. <laughs> So obviously this is a podcast, so no one can see see you. They can just hear you. Unfortunately. But I'm presuming, yeah, come on, <laughs> yes, <laughs> energy. <laughs> I can obviously see, because uh, we're doing this through Zoom as well, because, you know, COVID and that, that you are stunning. I'm guessing most agencies are modeling ones, yeah? Yeah, thank you. So are you. Wow, you are. Cheers, babes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're really out here doing, doing bits and got your hands in <laughs> several pots. Yeah. So, bringing it back to the, you know, the main reason why we're here and the main topic of the day, mental health. What is that to you? What does it mean? Like, what is mental health? Yeah, I've had this question before. It's actually really hard. I think, mm -hmm. obviously, it's like about your the emotions you're going through and like, the, I guess, like the thoughts, if you get recurring thoughts running through your head that are maybe like negative ones. Um and also, obviously, like, your mental health can also affect your physical health, which I remember mm. when I found that out was crazy because I used to get, like, headaches every day and I didn't realise that that was caused by stress. So I think it's mm. interesting to, like, realise how many things it can affect and how easy it is to dismiss. But I think mm. this year, people have, um, especially with the pandemic in particular and obviously the BLM movement has made people realise how important their mental health is. I think because before the pandemic, when you've got all these things, like, going on, 
to almost distract Distractions, yourself. Exactly. Yeah, you don't yeah. really, it's easy to dismiss it. But when you're just sat at home and you've got nothing to do, it was almost impossible to not kind of address your own mental health or realise that you're maybe struggling with mm. it. Does that differ, the idea that you have of what mental health is, does that differ now from what you perceived of mental health growing up or were you even aware of mental health you know the term when you were growing up and if you were like what did it mean yeah I think I remember hearing about what psychology was when I was at school like a friend of mine told me about it what what it was and I was really interested in it um but even mm. back then I was more interested in the part about the fact that your childhood affects you being an adult and I didn't really know much about other mental health issues I remember learning about like schizophrenia on Hollyoaks and like just random yeah. things like that where it wasn't like it's not taught in schools or anything like that is it so like yeah I think yeah it took me a while to really um to learn a lot about it until I was at college and uni is where I learned most about it um but before mm -hmm. that yeah it really wasn't um talked about and it's not it wasn't like it was it wasn't like a shameful thing in my family or anything I think it just wasn't mm -hmm. talked about that much and I think it's easy for people to often dismiss things I think particularly when it comes to that anxiety and if you mentioned that you have that people will be like oh no you don't have you don't have that or any particular yeah. mental health thing you might mention sometimes people almost have this negative stigma around it that they'll dismiss you having it even if you're not ashamed to say oh yeah. I think I might have this because it's nice to have something to to then be able to relate and to be like oh that makes so, yeah. sense, so much sense yeah exactly um but I think yeah definitely over the, this last year in particular it's made people um really realize the importance but I think even even now I think it's still I do still struggle and I'm sure a lot of people do I think because of this year being so highlighted I think a lot of people feel that you kind of compare yourself to others and think oh they've got it a lot worse than me because they've had certain worse circumstances fine. yeah exactly yeah. and you feel almost guilty for for maybe having those those feelings and stuff and same with like with Black Minds Matter like when they offered for us to have therapy through the charity like a few of us were like, oh, we feel bad because obviously there's people that are in urgent need and we don't want to be taking it. But at the same time, you've also got, mm. a, you've got to also look out for your own mental health, particularly if you are working in this kind of in, in this kind of sector, because if you haven't looked after your own mental health, you're not going to be able to look after someone else's. Oh, yeah, that's true. They do say <laughs> if your therapist isn't in therapy, then she ain't no or he or they ain't no therapy therapist. Yeah, exactly. Um, one thing I quickly want to cycle back on something you said about, um, you know, people saying, oh, like someone else is in way more need because they are going through this and I've got this. So like I should be fine. Like I feel like the term grateful, like the past year I've had a bit of a, a battle with that term. You know, I was always taught in my household, you know, you should be grateful for this. Or if ever I was annoyed or upset or sad about something, I was told, well, you should be grateful. You got a house to live in. But it's like, hold oh, up. Like, I, didn't, I didn't ask to be here and be <laughs> like, and I'm going through these things. Like it's your job as my parents to have me in a house about be grateful. And I feel like unfortunately, many people in the black community um, get told that like to be grateful, be grateful because I didn't have this and I didn't and did it. And so when we do get to being adults, when I then become de like depressed or I feel a certain way, I then start being like, oh no, I, can't, I should be grateful for this. And it's like, well, no, like I, that like, no, it, I, I kind of use grateful to 
dismiss the fact that I feel sad or yeah. like to, 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 to negate that and be like, well, let me just actually just force myself to be happy about not being homeless right now or not, you know, being led up in a hospital bed. And it's like, well, like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it, I, I completely, yeah, understand mm. where you're coming from. That, that's definitely um, relatable. But I think, yeah, I think it's just important to get the balance of both, isn't it? Like, gratitude is yeah. so important. And I've, like, been doing that more Facts. often this year with writing out your life. It's amazing, like, how many things that you you realise that you, you kind of take for granted. So mm -hmm. on that one hand, like, it's super important to be grateful, but it doesn't mean you should dismiss the, the negative feelings or the mental health that you are struggling with. Because yeah, as much I, as you can be grateful, like it's still okay. You sh it doesn't. Um, it doesn't mean that those feelings aren't valid. I feel like that's where I'm going wrong. What I be doing is I be not being doing. You know, the right the journaling and not writing down what I'm grateful for. And then when I'm vexed or when I'm sad, that's when I'm like, be grateful. So I. It's almost like I. I'm only really grateful when I'm when I'm pissed. <laughs> so. Yeah. I think that's a me thing. Anyway, let's get back to the conversation. When did you realise that mental health was an important thing? I think maybe when I was at college, because I kind of went through a bit of depression during college. And it's, it's strange, actually. There's no, I haven't actually told... I only told my mum about this, like... It might have only been a few months ago that I went through that. I just didn't really talk to anyone about it. I think I did end up having like a counsellor very briefly um, at college who I think he helped me through it a lot. But I think mm -hmm. when I finally got through that, that's when I really realised. And it and also during that, like, I think it took me a while to really realise um, that I needed to work on it. And I think, yeah, there was, it wasn't really that I was necessarily, maybe I was slightly ashamed of it, but I think I didn't want to put the burden on other people and like worry them. But yeah. really, I should, I definitely should have reached out and I would have been able to work through it sooner. But I was really lucky that I think what partly got me through it was moving to uni and meeting lots of people where I kind of like yeah. came out of my shell a lot. And yeah, I felt a lot better. But I think um, later on, I kind of realised like, right, I need to make sure I look after my mental health to make sure that I don't ever go through that again because it was so strange to go from before that I used to, before I'd gone through... That. I remember thinking when I heard about people like committing suicide that I was one of those people that thought it was selfish, which I definitely don't think that anymore. Yeah, at the time, I did. When you don't, can't imagine it, yeah. you're like, why would anyone do that? Because you could never imagine how it feels until you feel that way. Yeah. So after that, I was like, okay, I need to make sure that if I start to have those feelings again, then I need to speak to someone and make sure I work through them and not feel like that because it's it's almost like a blur looking back on it when I felt that way mm. because I can't imagine um, feeling that low again. Um, but yeah, I think it was probably at college was when I really realised um, about working through mental health. But like I was saying about when I used to, I remember getting headaches every day and I went to the doctors yeah. and they were like, oh, you're just stressed. And I was like, no, I'm not stressed. But I definitely was because uh, when I woke up with my boyfriend, the headache stopped. So. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> so it was stressed. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for that one. <laughs> Having been in this field now for a while, like what are some of the most common cases or signs of poor mental health that you see in our community and uh, what can those things lead to? Yeah, so I think um, in kind of in general, it can be like maybe um, neglecting, like looking after yourself, maybe like 
not sleeping properly, not eating properly, kind of the general ones like that. And then when it Ooh, comes I feel to... attacked. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, um, I think sometimes it can come out in maybe if someone starts acting differently in their behavior towards it, maybe they could be snapping at you more often or they could mm. um, maybe seeming down, like we said, like if you're... Um, maybe talking negative about a lot of stuff, which obviously sometimes if you want to, you're allowed to moan, which is fine. But if someone seems to be constantly talking negatively, particularly about themselves, yeah. that can definitely be a sign. Um, and if they're kind of um, being quite reclusive and not wanting to speak to their friends or hang out with their friends, um, that could be another sign. Um, and then I guess there could be other things like maybe drinking and excessively and taking drugs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe getting paranoid or anxious. We get a lot of people that, um, yeah, that come to us that have a lot of paranoia and anxiety as well. Um, yeah, I think those are the main ones. And I feel personally like <laughs> anyone listening to this will at least be able to, like, I checked all of those signs, every box was ticked girl, <laughs> for me. So I, I, I don't think that I'm going to be the only one. I feel like the listeners are exactly. going to at least be like one of those things for me. So yeah. mental health is an everybody thing. Yes. Right. Okay. Because some people think that, you know, it's, that's not what we do. That's not what this family does. Like, and I definitely see it. And we'll get to it later in the conversation in the black community about mental health you want to speak to cancer no open the bible speak to jesus you know Mm -hmm. like you'll find the answers there um but we'll get into that we will get into that so um you were saying some of the the signs what can if these times these signs continue of like poor mental health what can that lead to if Um, left yeah it yeah depends on what it is but obviously yeah it can Mm -hmm. lead lead to worse like worse um mental health issues you could like maybe end up having depression or anxiety or many different mental health problems and the longer you leave it obviously just like with a physical illness the longer you leave it the worse it will get and Mm. means it will be harder to then work through it um so obviously the sooner that you that you realize you're going through this even just talking to someone even if it's your friend or family member can help um but if you think you maybe need to reach out to a mental health service um or a gp to get some form of treatment, whether it's therapy, possibly medication, but that's usually a last resort. Um, And yeah, it can just, it can obviously affect like your relationships with friends and family and romantic Mm -hmm. relationships. Um, It could affect your job if you're not, maybe you could be making mistakes and stuff at work. Um, uh, You could also... um, could affect, yeah, like we were saying, it could affect your physical health as well. Yeah. Because, like, so, like, your mind is connected to so much in your body. My mum actually told me the other day that uh, 80% of your serotonin is created in your gut. So that's why it's so um, important to eat eat well. And when you get depressed, you start eating, like, wild things. Uh-huh. Yeah, and for what? On Deliveroo. I yeah. end up on Uber Eats. Yeah. And then, <laughs> wow. And then I put that in my body and then we... It shows up in a physical yeah, sense. Yeah, it just gets worse, but it's yeah. so hard not to because it's so easy to be tempted to, yeah, Oof. eat the unhealthiest foods when you're feeling down or hungover. Mm. Facts. <laughs> 
So you said when these things happen, like some of the next steps is to reach out to um, maybe an organisation. One of those organisations being Black Minds Matter UK. Now, can you give us um, a bit of a history about Black Minds Matter UK? Like how the organisation came about and why? Yeah, of course. So Agnes and Annie are the founders and they put it together after noticing that the mental health of the people around them were deteriorating. Mm. Um, they noticed issues like COVID-19 and the unjust killing of black people in America were bringing out so many people, many different emotions, um, built up anger, sadness, unprocessed trauma mm. um, amongst the black community. They wanted to enable as many black people in the UK to be able to access free mental health support in the form of therapy sessions. They had a chat a few weeks later about how amazing it would be if someone started a fund to help as many black people as possible to access therapy. And then mm. they quickly realised that no change would happen unless they did it themselves. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you said there's only three of you guys at the top. Currently, yeah. Currently. So we've got Agnes is the, one of the founders. Olivia is the social media marketing manager. Mm-hmm. You've got me, the project support administrator. And Annie is one of the other founders, but she's currently off um, due to health issues okay. but hopefully she'll be returning um and then yeah we've got In the Jesus 10 name yeah then we've got mm. 10 um volunteers and around 110 uh therapists wow and you said they were volunteers yeah we've got 10 volunteers yeah it's we- it's it's a shame actually because we get so many people reaching out wanting to volunteer at the moment but at the moment because we've got so much work going on we haven't really got time to be able to um, train people and obviously we want to be cautious with not just like letting anyone everyone in yeah on the emails yeah but hopefully we're in the process of um hiring a fundraising manager amazing a, uh referrals officer and um a what's the other <laughs> executive assistant as well so that will hopefully hopefully um help disperse the workload for all of us and then we can focus on obviously raising more funds so that we can offer more therapy sure. and then we can um, uh, start vetting more therapists as well because we've had to put a pause for now because we um, we just don't have the capacity to be able to match all the therapists. Agnes is doing it, all the matching mm-hmm. by herself, bless her. Um, but yeah, hopefully it won't be long till we've um, finished uh, getting it all sorted with the new people that we've hired and then it will be a lot less stressful. <laughs> yeah. Well, just a reminder, as you said, like you're, you're, you are hiring a fundraising manager. Like this show, this whole week that we are doing the, you know, the Where Are We Now campaign, we are raising funds for Black Minds Matter UK. So please, so in the, much. of course, of course, um, we are we are raising funds for this. So please do link, uh, click on the link in the description in this episode's bio and donate as much as you can. Like I said in the in all the other episodes, no donation is too big. Period. Okay. What exactly does Black Minds Matter UK do, and like what sets them aside from your average, you know, just therapist, cancer, whatnot? Yeah. So we offer twelve weeks free therapy to Black people matched with Black therapists, um, and we also. Um, Got what we do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's only three of you there. You got a lot to remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that is the main thing. Um, but mm. we also are. Uh, we also do things like podcasts and stuff like that, like we're doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also have um, people reaching out sometimes who want us to do like mental health talks at maybe schools, colleges, 
different things like that. And then we'll usually um, get one of our therapists to do that as well. That is amazing. Um, and then we're also working more on our website to um, have more resources for people in terms of like mental health services, mm. um, more services to um, educate themselves on um, black mental health and stuff like that. And then also we want we want to be able to in the future do um, research ourselves into black mental health as well and also push things like the NHS to make sure that they are um, hiring uh, black therapists and black GPs. Um, I think that's one of the biggest issues it. with people Say that um, <laughs> that people when they want to go to the GP and they want to see a black th- black mm-hmm. GP and there isn't the option because it's. I think we've got. I think we've got some statistics here. I think only nine point six percent of qualified clinical psychologists in England and Wales are non-white. How many? Nine point six percent. So not even a ten. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. You know, um, I've got a personal experience with this. Um, I've been in therapy now for a few months and like experienced it when I was uh, in college. Um, And it wasn't until recently when I started therapy again and like I'm like paying for it that I was like, I need a black therapist. And I had a colleague a Caucasian one come up to me and say, well, why do they need to be white like that? I don't see the reason. It's just a, a normal person. And in, I'm not saying that this is the reason, but for for me, like, therapy isn't cheap. Like, it's not. I don't want to, you know, be in a, an hour therapy session, which is, I don't know, let's say it's £70 or whatever. I don't want to spend 15, let alone five minutes of, of my coin explaining explaining you know to susan the 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 makeup of a family a black family or how if you swear at your mum you might end up leaving the house with a few marks on your body like like i that's if you want to educate yourself on the black experience go and pay go and listen to the where are we now the podcast but hosted by miles heart <laughs> or get the belt or like go and read some books like why that's why me personally i feel like i don't want to waste any of my time helping someone else understand when i could just be paying someone who already knows what i face as a a, a mixed race black man in society what yeah. why do you guys why do you guys uh do that why do you guys give um, match black families and individuals with black therapists why do you think that's important yeah exactly what you said where you don't have to explain yourself uh, well one obviously because of the time but mainly like you mm-hmm. said the price when you're spending that much of the time explaining um then and also obviously just having someone that relates to it anyway without not even just the explaining but just having someone that would understand more because they might have gone mm-hmm. through that really makes a difference as well as in terms of like black trauma if like you want to talk about anything to do with any um, racism you might have experienced or mm-hmm. about maybe inter- like um, institutionalised racism or anything that you wanted to talk about, you want to have someone that truly understands that, not just someone that has heard yeah. about it or kind of vaguely knows. I think it's really important in terms yeah. of that. Um, and also just to not just to feel like you're not going to be dis- discriminated against because of a colour, whether it's con- consciously or unconsciously. Yeah. I think that can really... Um, that would really not be what you want when you're opening up to someone is someone exactly. feeling like they're judging you. 
One in in many of the um, podcasts that we've done and the conversations that um, I've had, and just from my life, and I think you'd probably agree as well that many of the words that get used when describing, you know, black women or black men is strength, strong. And unfortunately, as amazing as these things are, I feel like everyone that I've spoken to has also very much acknowledged that that those things also then put you into some kind of category where you have to be strong all the time. So being vulnerable and opening up is perceived as weak, which isn't how we're raised or how we're portrayed in society. Um, how do you feel like we can overcome that while still be strong, like while still being strong, but just feeling comfortable to to open up? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why it's so important to destigmatize mental health, particularly in the black community, because mm-hmm. like you said, it is often seen as a weakness or something to be ashamed of or hidden away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it just the more we talk about it and the and the more we talk about things like our organization where people say, Oh, I went to I had free therapy with Black Minds Matter and then other people maybe hearing that someone did that and is confidently talking about it can make other people think, Oh, maybe it's not something to be ashamed of or a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you can be really strong and be struggling with your mental health. Like yeah. The two don't. A hundred percent. The two shouldn't coincide. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. Like, I feel like people need to like wake up and understand that those two things can exist in the same space. Like, they can be married, like, and not married like Jennifer Lopez married. Like, married for life. You can be strong, <laughs> and you can be, you know, vulnerable and sad in at the same time. And in fact, that yeah. is what strength is yeah exactly because it's it's actually it's, it is a really hard thing to obviously go in and talk mm-hmm. about what you've gone through especially if you've gone through something really traumatic like i completely understand yeah. why people might be fearful to to reach out but the the response we get from people who've had therapy from us saying how life-changing and amazing it's been like really what is the kind of response people, you've got we get it's so lovely the feedback mm. we get we get people telling us that they um, really struggled maybe at the beginning. Like sometimes we often get people that maybe straight away want to change therapists because they're they, they get maybe defensive yeah. about them asking too many questions mm-hmm. and like it not being a conversation. But obviously it's mainly about you yeah. leading the conversation. And I think by the end often they'll be like, oh, you were right. Like mm-hmm. obviously that's that's what it's got to be like. And in the end they've said that it's really like helped helped them like with maybe getting a job and. Mm-hmm. just with like their relationships and just their mental health and where they are now which is amazing um and then some people have continued as well to uh, continue having therapy which i think is really yeah. amazing because i think that's another thing that people as much as obviously it is an expensive thing and i completely mm-hmm. understand that i think a lot of people realize once they've had it that it is actually worth it yes. like if you can afford it it really is worth it i i'm in therapy now like full time like i still can't get over that you guys offer for 12 weeks for free that is amazing uh, so good so good like you'll be getting an email from me later <laughs> um no but for real though like um i want to cycle back to what you said regarding you know uh feeling like you don't have to explain certain things uh um when engaging in therapy with someone and why it's so important to have someone who is also from the black community whether they're mixed dark skin light skin someone black because we all share a very similar uh, experience um I would be letting down my LGBTQ DL community because the DLs are very much a part of it. Um, 
if I didn't say, do you guys take into account um, sexuality? Because obviously, uh, I do feel in the black community, we do have a problem with homophobia. And that is one thing I did take into consideration when looking for my therapist, because I thought, yes, amazing. I could have a black woman that's my therapist, but also... If this black woman is a 60, 50 year old old school Jamaican who is, you know, head pastor and I want to talk to her about why I'm fucked up because I was, you know, sucking this one something and now I'm in love with this <laughs> one and now I'm thinking about my family and my dad. I feel like she's going to just, do you know what I mean? So like, 100%. how do you guys deal? Do, do you take that into consideration? Sexuality as well? Yes. You do? When I, yeah, oh. when I first, I, I actually met um, Agnes mm. at Drag Queen Bingo. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> I feel like all of the gays took a side, the community took a side then. <laughs> of relief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she was actually saying in the talk that she did um, uh, at yeah, at Drag Queen Bingo, she said that that was one of the th- issues they had when they first started, when they were vetting therapists. They didn't mm. think about that straight away and they had a therapist who ended up being homophobic and they were like, oh my God, we need to be cautious yeah. and make sure, one, that we're not having homophobic um, therapists, but also having therapists who are particularly um, LGBTQ plus um, friendly as well. So mm. we actually, on our list of therapists, we have a note whether they are, um, yeah, LGBT friendly as well, which is really good because yeah that's something that would be a big issue if you if mm-hmm. you ended up having therapy with someone that wasn't that is amazing to hear even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. So um, why was it important for you and your team to begin something like this? Um, Obviously, mental health can often be um, neglected, and particularly in black communities and with the pandemic Mm -hmm. and the BLM protests over the past year. It's just been, this had an even heavier impact on our mental health. And it's just, I think it's given a lot of people to push, actively push to do something about it. And I think this year has made a lot of people realise that the importance of looking after your mental health. Yeah. Um, but sadly, obviously, it can be harder to access it as a black, um, as a black person, um, as well as being able to seek the help from a black mental health professional. Um, so I think, yeah, I, there's a lot of research to suggest that 
Um, black people don't trust the mental health services as much because of previously being used as guinea pigs for mm-hmm. research. And then also there's obviously, like I was saying before, with unconscious and conscious bias where you might have, you might have, um, you might expect to be treated badly because you've been treated badly in the past and you felt like it was because yeah. of the colour of your skin. Or you might, um, uh, you might have just heard from other people that we don't get treated the same. And we do get a lot of people reaching out to us that say, that they've uh, they either they think they should be diagnosed with something or they mm. have been diagnosed with something but they've not been offered much support um, and it is I've forgotten actually the statistics but I know that it's a lot higher percentage of white people that um, get offered treatment when they reach out to mental health services than black people well I was gonna, so, yeah, again I think that probably ties into the whole oh you know they're strong black people are strong they don't need it they're gonna get fine like, look at how especially black women are treated in hospitals during childbirth like mm. we just get perceived as being strong and like we don't need it but we do I feel like representation also comes very much into it because when I was growing up and I thought of therapists or therapy, I thought of crazy rich white people on TV. Yeah. That's, you know, I find it amusing. Sometimes, oh, that's cool, but I never saw myself in it. I thought, no, like, because we don't see it. So I think it is great that you guys are doing what you're doing and making it more visible and showing us that this is for us too. Like, we also need this. Um, Definitely. I, sorry. No worries, go on. I was going to say, I, before I'd even like heard about BMM, I, I hadn't even crossed my mind because I hadn't actually had much therapy before. Mm-hmm. Um, before I started and I, I actually want to become a therapist I'm going to do my master's next year yes. it hasn't even crossed my mind that I'd need a black therapist obviously if I'd had therapy I probably would have realised like oh I'm going to have to explain myself yeah. but it was interesting to be like oh I hadn't even crossed my mind so I think obviously that makes sense why it hasn't crossed a lot of people's yeah. minds how important it is but it's so good mm. that, it, um, that it is being talked about and it is being um, worked on so you said earlier that you're, I, I still can't get over it, 12 weeks of free therapy. So like, how are you able to provide these services to, to the public and how can people apply? Can you like talk us through the steps? Yeah, okay. so it's been amazing actually. We actually raised 800,000 pounds by December, 2020. I don't actually have the updated figures cause we've been so busy. I haven't yes. got around to like checking how much, but it's been amazing. Um, Dope. The response, but yeah, when it comes to applying, basically we unfortunately have waitlist is closed, but um, it reopens in August, and people can still contact us either via the website or email us. Do you know when in um, August? Sorry, um, I'm not sure yet, but if you email us, we'll put it um, in via the, the website, we'll it then in, yeah. then we'll yeah, Amazing. then we can contact you when it reopens in August. Perfect. Um, and then yeah, when it's when it's time for your therapy, we will contact you. Um, and then we'll ask you for therapist preferences mm-hmm. um, and just a brief description of what, what you'd like to address so that we can match you with a therapist. And we offer, like, we'll send you a couple um, possible matches. Because originally, okay. at the beginning, we used to do it where we'd send them all the therapists. But obviously, that's quite overwhelming yeah. if you get, like, <laughs> all 100 therapists <laughs> to choose from. So we're like, maybe we'll just narrow it down. Yeah. And obviously, again, it, it reduces the likelihood of people changing therapists as well because someone might choose someone because they like the look of them or, like, particular things but not really know exactly the the types of therapy that they they maybe need what fundraising campaign are you currently running yes we are running the 21k challenge which we started in march 
um, which involves us aiming to find 21,000 long-term donors of £5 a month, which will help us um, change the face of black mental health and become a sustainable charity. Um, this goal would guarantee an annual income of 1.2 million and cover the cost of 1,500 courses of therapy every single year. Wow. Helping those on our wait list to access the support they need as soon as possible. And it will also help us to fund and grow our BMM team, allowing us to create a lasting impact in the face of black mental health. So even if you can't commit to a monthly donation, a one-off donation would be amazing um, to get mm -hmm. behind our mission. And you can visit our website at www.blackbindsmatteruk.com. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's we haven't. I don't know what the figures are actually at the moment of how many donors we've we've got so far. Yeah. Um, and obviously that is a really big goal, but we're hoping soon once we've grown our team and then we've got the fundraising manager that we'll be able to spend more time because we get so many emails of people wanting to collaborate and and partner with us, which is amazing. Of course, yeah. Just, just don't have the time right now, but hopefully in the next few months we'll have more time to work on it so that we can then raise more money. And it would just be amazing if we can get to a point where we don't have. We don't even have a wait list or the wait list isn't very long. Yes. So I think that's something that can put people off in general with reaching out, like a lot of people will say about how you can get free therapy on the NHS, but the wait list is so long, people kind of... By then you're it. like, oh, I don't want to do it. I'm doing fine. And it's like, yeah. no. Exactly. Hold, but hold out, so nice. hold out, guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, so hopefully we'll get to a point where we can, we don't even have to have much of a wait list. People can, especially when we get people that are in urgent need, we want to be able to offer them therapy as soon as we can. Mm -hmm. um has the response with funding uh black minds matter uk been positive then and how how do you think it has helped the black community yeah it's been amazing actually um we yeah like i said we raised eight hundred thousand by, yeah. by december which is amazing it must be probably double that by now i assume i'm not even sure well yeah definitely i think like we were saying before as well actually like destigmatizing it as well because I think people reaching out for therapy can maybe be quite daunting like we were saying before where you kind of compare yourself to others whereas when there's the offer of free therapy it's almost like why why wouldn't I mm. go go for that especially like obviously we we tried to we've changed changed it now where we ask people to um uh, meet the full criteria to, uh if they're in most urgent needs so what if they're is that unemployed, kind of criteria okay yeah Yes, if they're in, uh, uh, if they're unemployed or facing financial difficulty, if they're in urgent need in terms of their mental health, having a crisis, um, and if they can commit to the twelve weeks, but that's just that's just the people we want to we're getting to put in therapy like currently, and then the other people will, we will we will offer therapy after. We just wanted to offer the first people, the people in most need, mm -hmm. um, it first. But yeah, I think it's definitely been a really positive response um and as i was saying we get a lot of people wanting to do partnerships and collaborations and the feedback from clients as well yeah. um and then um i think yeah obviously it takes away the financial pressure of um people having therapy because even just one session like you said can be so expensive yeah um and i think the fact that it's, it's only been a year um since we founded yeah. the charity it's it's been incre incredible with the funding and donations and the positive yeah. response. Yeah, 800,000, that is amazing. It just goes to show how much it is needed. Yeah, it, definitely. I think, I'm not sure how many people we've got now, but I think before we had around 2,600 people on the wait list mm -mm. and then like 500 people in therapy. And I think currently it's maybe a couple hundred in therapy 
Um, and then there's about 500 on the list of people to contact when the waitlist reopens. Wow. Um, and then I think in the next few weeks, we're going to be reaching out to more of the people we have on the waitlist to see if they met that cri- uh, fit that criteria yeah. to um, be offered therapy. Um, So we've spoken about it briefly before and you have you've mentioned the word stigma often. Why do you think that mental health is often a neglected part of conversation within the black community? There's things like if if you have a family member who talks about, you know, the crazy uncle or something like that, then it makes people think that having a mental um, health issue means you can't function in society. And I think I think maybe as well in like social media in not social media sorry in um in like tv and films when there's someone with a mental health issue it can be kind of often exaggerated or or on the like on like a further end of the spectrum in terms of like when they talk about mental health it's very it's it's very often yeah that it's kind of the the extreme that they'll they'll show which makes people think if you have a mental health issue then you're crazy or do you know what i mean like it's 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 portrayed as very like exaggerated so i think that can have a big um, impact, impact on how it's portrayed and then in the black community I think I'm not fully sure like why it's so dismissed but I think like you mentioned earlier like often people um, will say maybe that you can like pray it away or maybe it's like yeah. be seen as like kind of a, a default in your mm-hmm. in in yourself um, like there's something wrong with you yeah exactly and maybe because obviously it's it's only recently that I think people are talking about it more that like there are some um, mental health um, issues that maybe don't have as many um, kind of treatments and stuff. So that would that mm-hmm. might mean that people are scared to admit they have it because they don't think there's there's kind of a treatment. Like obviously, if you broke your leg, that they, they can fix it. Do you know what I mean? But I was I found out the other day that to be diagnosed with ADHD, it costs six hundred pounds to just be diagnosed. Whoa, which is mad, isn't it? Like, so it's like it's no wonder that it's off-putting for people to even reach out if they know that certain things like that can be one expensive and obviously when they there isn't um, as much research in certain mm-hmm. areas that they might worry that they won't be able to confirm what what actually is going on mm. um, and let alone be able to find out what they should do about it. In recent years, mental health is being spoken about way more openly. You know, we see it on Twitter, Instagram, all over social media. Uh, what are your feelings like towards this? Do you think that this is just a passing trend? I think at times it is still true. It is a trend, obviously, with like the black square across social media last year. And same with obviously with everything going on at the moment on social media. People sometimes will, like, obviously, people are posting about George Floyd at being the the anniversary which is obviously really good to be sharing it but um i think even if some of it is just aesthetic activism i think it's still important to share it because then it still can get the word out and and people who are really interested can then um look at look at for themselves and do what they can and maybe maybe someone that's posting it just for the likes will but someone else will see it and actually be like oh i'm gonna go and donate to this charity or i'm gonna actually do something about it so I think it's still really important even if it sometimes is a trend I think the just the most important thing is that we make sure that it isn't just on the anniversary of things like George Floyd's death or yes on whatever day it is like it needs to be um something that we keep on working on just because 
that it's like like with the the thing the other the other day with the girl that was racist the the drunk girl that was racist and then that she's gone she's lost her job and been arrested yeah. but a lot of people have said about how people have said oh you should be really happy for that and it's like well that was something that was like a really like a aggressive form and like obvious form of racism do you know what I mean but then yeah. a lot of kind of passive racism and more subtle racism maybe particularly in like the workplace and things like that where things like that really need to make sure they're continuing to be mm. addressed and it's not just someone that's been really obviously racist yeah. on a video that is is being done anything about and I mean I was just um, as angry yeah. on a side note in my podcast aside from this show is called get the belt and so I give the belt every week to people that try it so I gave her the belt but I also gave it to the bystanders because I was like no one did anything and I bet all of those people posted a black square last summer and said oh I'm learning and I'm going to stand up and I'm going to do better mm. but yet that girl with vim and energy and a real sense of comfort the word nigger rolled off of her tongue and she even assaulted mm -hmm. him and everyone was just stood there yeah exactly that's the thing you can post all you want on social media saying you support us but we're and then you look, actually going to do anything hmm. i would like to speak about self-care now, I've got this thing where I'm like, self-care is not just a face mask. Because I feel like with social media and stuff like that, and I say it all the time on my Instagram, when I'm when I'm cooking, I see it, I learned in therapy. And this is one of the most amazing things that I learned from therapy is like ways that I could discover self-care and like how to make myself be happy without necessarily being quote-unquote productive i feel like again in the black family being productive and doing things and making money and going to work those are only really seen as like successful things where i've learned to like unlearn that and learn that you know self-care and uh and productivity sometimes is just me cooking like i love to cook like even if i've got kitchen food in my kitchen i'll go play some beyonce or play some Movado and cook some Agusi or whatever I want to make. And I just enjoy that experience. Um, what else do you think self-care is? Obviously, therapy is top-tier self-care. What else would you recommend? Yeah, I think even simple things like just going for a walk mm -hmm. or, like you said, cooking. I found that is really good for me because I often find, because we all work from home and we don't have set times, I mm. often find myself working really late. So I tell myself, right, I'm going to cook yeah. for me and my mum because then I know that I have to pull myself away and it's so relaxing yeah. to find a really nice recipe. And like you said, listening to music um, and just listening to music in general, that definitely helps as well. Mm. Um, meditating as well. I love the Headspace app. Headspace, it's really yeah, okay. good. Um, and then things like yoga, I've made myself do that every morning recently Amazing. just like i've got one, an app called deliciously ella and they have like 10 minute ones which i think is really good for me because i i'm sometimes i'm like oh i don't want to do 20 minutes i don't have time to do 20 mm. minutes but 10 minutes i've got no excuse to not do that and it's really good um and then also i think even just things like if if especially with now everything opening up now i think you feel the you feel obliged to like go to every single event and things that your friends invite you to but if you, oh, I don't. If, if you inside feel like <laughs> don't you? I don't <laughs> I quite enjoy it here I wish I didn't I get such bad FOMO I go to everything even if I'm exhausted I'm like I'm coming to the pub <laughs> 
But I think it's important if you do feel like obliged to go, but you don't really want to, is just to just to stay in and not feel like you have to. Yeah. Like make up an excuse, just be honest and say you, you just wanna just wanna chill at home. Mm-hmm. But I find it really interesting um, when I was doing the research on it, and self care actually originated from um, the women's move, women's rights movement, and the civil rights movement. Really. Um, and a lot of like um, yeah, black people and women were started to use self care because they weren't treated very well in when they'd go to um, like GPs and stuff mm-hmm. they didn't feel like they were getting the same treatment so they started creating their own self-care to look after themselves which I thought was really interesting I would like to finish off this part of the conversation by asking you to complete a sentence for me mm-hmm. you down for that? yeah cool oh, ready. right <laughs> so in an ideal world mental health within the black community would in an ideal world mental health within the black community would be easily accessible and seen as important as our physical health when it comes to looking after it yes last year may 25th the world already was at a standstill with you know miss corona on her world tour and had us all at home bored on uber eats um and unfortunately on that day we witnessed the death or the murder the brutal murder of george floyd in america that day the whole world went into a frenzy especially the black community we went through all kinds of traumas reliving of bad memories we mourned we marched we were angry and today we are speaking how did what happened to george floyd and the awareness for the Black Lives Matter movement affect you in particular last year? Yeah, I actually personally, I couldn't watch the whole the whole clip. I just found it too hard. Mm. But the movement that came after it was incredible. I went to the um, the Bristol BLM protest yes. and it was literally one of the best days of my life. Wow. It was amazing. Pick up Bristol, that's um, my home city. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> the energy was literally incredible and it, it just felt like a huge moment in history. Do you know, yeah. like, I missed the statue being pulled down. Unfortunately, I was um, ahead in the in the crowd but just the energy there just felt amazing Mm. um and i think it felt even more amazing because of obviously like because of the pandemic and not being around a lot of people anyway but i felt like almost like literally everyone i saw was wearing masks and like was sticking to the rules as well so people were being conscious and i literally didn't see any any violence or anything Mm -hmm. which is amazing um but i think also the blm movement also brought like to like a lot of microaggressions that i'd experienced at school that i hadn't really realized that that's what they were at the time like I always yeah. felt really shy at school and like at times I, I remember there was occasional times when I actually wished I was white because I just thought it would be easier. Wow, yeah. Um, I definitely Oof. don't anymore, but I did. Amen. And um, I also didn't, yeah, fully realise how much my race had like maybe affected my time at school mm-hmm. as I only like, I only had experienced a few like direct racist um, comments, but most of them were like passive microaggressions. Yeah. So things like people saying you're not even that black or yeah. the boys would fancy if you straightened your hair or you don't sound black and yeah. just little things like that that you don't really like realize what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they annoy you, but you don't really like understand why. Um, and then so with this movement with people kind of making vi- videos about colorism and racism and everything like that it made me like people talking about it I was like oh my god I did experience that at school and like hadn't realized um so it was just quite frustrating when people kind of kind of tried to dismiss these feelings or experiences that you've had and tried to tell you that that it wasn't about race and stuff like that um but yeah I think these um protests and movements um have really like 
really impacted me like in a in a good and bad way obviously it's been quite overwhelming and yeah I have to admit a lot of the clips like the girl we were talking about earlier I did I watched like a few seconds of it and then I was like again I just it just upset me too much that I didn't want to want to fully watch it but I think as long as we're working on the positive side of it as well and obviously spreading awareness like that's been so important I guess a lot of us like speaking speaking up more I think maybe before um we kind of well I guess we kind of felt a lot more ignored if we even if we did speak up about it I, I hadn't even I don't think I'd even heard about the BLM movements that were prior to last year so I think it was I think we finally felt like we were being heard so I think people were more confident to like speak out across social media um and like you said like going to these protests and everything um but at the same time I think it's also been quite tiring one obviously it's traumatic watch like seeing any of these videos um then there's also times when we think we've we're like things are getting better and then you see all these negative things like I remember was it over Christmas when there was like a Sainsbury's ad where um, there was a black yeah. family and everyone kicked off and you're like, really? After the year we've had, people are still yeah. angry about that. So I think there's definitely a lot of positives that have come out of it, but then there's also like, yeah, the negative. And, and as well, like feeling like you have to educate people. Because I remember I was panicking like when, when the BLM movement first came out, I was like, oh my God, I don't actually fully know a lot about like the movement either because like I've grown mm -hmm. up in a white house my mum's white. And like, I've grown up in a town where there was probably about five black people in my whole school. Um, mm -hmm. I don't like my dad doesn't, I don't really speak to my dad a lot. So like, I haven't really grown up in a black culture. And um, yeah, I kind of worried that even I didn't know enough about it. But I think um, it has been good that again, like people have also been posting, making a point of saying like, we're not here to educate you either. Like you need to go and do that yourself. You can't be yeah. expecting your black friends to be teaching you everything yeah. because it's it's draining for us as well and um yeah for people that might may now be like what like what's going on like is, is he speaking to a white person but no it's definitely not white <laughs> do, you <want> to explain? <laughs> do you want to tell people um how you identify him yeah so and your heritage yeah so my my mum is white and my dad is caribbean his parents were born in St. Kitts, a little island in the Caribbean. Oh, yeah, I've been. It's beautiful. Have you? I haven't been, actually. Yes, I, I really want to go. Yes. But I also really want to do one of those DNA tests to find out where else I'm from because it's such a tiny island. I feel like I must have yeah. other... I feel like you're Nigerian. I can feel it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what about you? Um. So my dad is uh, Spanish Indian and then my mother's Nigerian English. Oh, cool. Yeah, mix up, mix up. Love that. So another big question, where are you now? Do you mean me or... Oh, wait. Do you... <laughs> wait, do you mean... <laughs> Hell, I'm going to keep this in there because that was funny. Because when, when the silence was, I thought, is she going to say, uh, in my living room? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in England. <laughs> okay, yeah, I think personally, I think, yeah, I think I've definitely learned a lot. Um, this year and I still I still have a lot more um, to learn but I'm so grateful to be a part of mm. this organisation um, not only because of it being focused on black mental health but because I want to um, become a therapist myself as well so it's so amazing to be able to like speak to all these um, therapists and clients and everything um, so yeah I definitely think um, that has been amazing um, 
and I think for us as a charity, um, I yeah. think yeah, in the next few months, as long as we've got, once we've got um, more members to our team, we'll definitely be able to have more of a focus on the fundraising. And then again, with we want, we're excited to be able to do more podcasts as well because I did that a lot near the beginning of when I started and started to build up my confidence with doing them and started to enjoy them. And then because it got so busy, I often have to mm. turn them down. So I'm excited to be able to do that more so that we can then spread the word. Um, Come on to get the belt, sis. We'll have you. Yes, please. <laughs> Come on this to get the belt. This is my favourite podcast oh, yes. I've done so far, for sure. Really? Yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I think, yeah, it's definitely positive. I think I just, I'm just excited for um, us to fast forward a little bit just so we've got more people on our mm-hmm. team because it is pretty exhausting um, just being yeah. such a small team of us and it's it's been hard, obviously, turning down a lot of... We're not turning down like all the collaborations and partnerships. We've made a note of them and then we're going to get back in touch with them, but it's just hard with people reaching out wanting to help and we're just yeah we're just struggling to keep on top of everything really but yeah it's definitely going in a good direction and I'm really grateful that um a year later people are still making sure that that the BLM uh, movement wasn't just a trend last year and people are really like pushing to make sure that it's um still something that's really important so yeah This week aims to bring more awareness and continue to have these conversations, which we can all learn from. And one thing I've actually learned since, you know, producing and recording this uh, series, the Where Are We Now podcast, one thing I've definitely noticed or seen is that we as black people have have stuff to learn from this. Like I've spoken in, in you'll hear in some of the other podcast episodes of this collection that we've had conversations about like appropriation and appreciation of black culture and things and you know what it went in such an interesting direction where it was like no we as black people need to take ownership and responsibility and we have so much to learn even in this podcast like we need to learn how to take care of ourselves and our mental health there's so much that we also need to learn yes the white people they have a shitload that they need to learn but we also need to take accountability as black people and and also do some learning too. Yeah, 100%. So we are raising money for yourselves, Black Minds Matter UK, and we're so honoured to be doing so. Um, you know, we've spoken about how you're connecting black individuals and family mentors with free mental health services, 12 weeks uh, by black therapists and you also said about the lgbtq dl aspect as well which i'm so here for um how important is mental health to you and if you were to leave us with one little piece of advice for you know any uh black boys girls and non-binaries out there trying to cope with mental health issues what would that be just to just to make sure that you don't dismiss never never feel that you need to compare yourself to others in terms of how you're struggling with your mental health. Like, yeah, there might be people that are struggling more, but there's always going to be people mm. that are struggling more in in all areas, really. So it's, it's yeah, you should never feel ashamed to reach Thanks. out for the help. And especially as, as there's been like more things um, becoming available, like our charity, where we're offering it, it for free, then there's absolutely no reason to not mm-hmm. reach out. And it will not only benefit your own mental health, but it could encourage maybe some of your friends if you told them that you... Had reached out then it could encourage someone who who maybe maybe like you said is struggling more than that it will encourage people and the more we talk about it the more 
we can help out these people before um, before their mental health gets worse. Like the, it's better to to work on it as soon as you can. Thank you so much, Mina, for coming onto the Where We Now podcast with me. I've really, really enjoyed having this conversation. And I was worried at the beginning that it was going to be deep and I might have cried because I'm, I'm kind of going through a little piece myself this week is a lot. Um, but it was such a pleasure and actually a joy. I, I felt happy throughout. So thank oh, you so thank much. Thank you. Me too. It's been so much fun. Please, guys, remember to click the link in the bio and donate to Black Minds Matter UK. As you've heard in this show, so much can happen with just a £5 donation. So please be as generous as you can afford to be. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.